Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Thomas DeLauer again and uh, Adil Harchawi. Adil, what's going on, my man? Hey, man. Good, good. How you doing? Doing awesome. So you're, uh, we're actually, both of us are back home for a change. Mm-hmm. That's how it's, it took me a second to get used to it, but yeah, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm not complaining. You know, it's, uh, it's like 85 degrees, beautiful down here. It's definitely summer and mm-hmm. definitely no complaints. So, yep. Temperature uh, has jumped here as well. It's 95 today. So we cannot beat you guys right now. What the heck? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's uh yeah, that's how beautiful Nevada is. You know, we're going from 40 degrees to 90 over two weeks. So, jeez. <laughs> and well, I am embarrassed to say that I've, uh, Man, I've, I've caught a little bit of some kind of minor chest cold or something. I think finally the last month of nonstop traveling finally caught up with me. And I guess, you know, it comes to say that it doesn't matter how obsessed with health and fitness you are and how healthy you are. If you're run down, you're run down, plain and simple. Yep. And that just shows that we're human, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not immortal. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think I've, I've, I've feeling the same way too. Um, cut something too. I think when we're on a plane going to Chicago or going back from Chicago, I think that's probably where we cut something. Uh, there's uh, always but, always uh, people hacking up a lung and stuff mm-hmm. on the plane. You know, yep. yep. We should totally do some podcast that talks about things that you should do uh, to prevent sickness from, you know, when you're tra- traveling. I think yeah, that might be a good, good podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that one down, actually. That's yes. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So let's start. First of all, we're just going to start with the shout out. Um, and this one goes to Matt Mulby from uh, Florida. You know, amazing review. Love the love what he says. So basically said, hey, so first of first of all, loving these podcast, uh, this podcast. This are literally the only podcast I have ever given the time of the day to listen to fully. They are great. They are 20, 30 minutes mark. It's perfect for my morning breakfast routine. So that's awesome. I mean, love it. I love hearing that. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what this is designed to be. It's supposed to be just easy, digestible form of information for the beginner, the intermediate, and the advanced um, fitness enthusiast, athlete, uh, you know, all alike. So the fact that someone can can listen to it while they're uh, prepping breakfast or while they're getting their coffee ready, I mean, that's great. That's totally awesome. Yeah, love it. Love that. And then I just want to make sure that our listeners know that the podcast is on Stitcher. So if you go to Stitcher and look up organicfit.tv, you'll see it. So Stitcher is one of the biggest directories uh, for podcasting, you know, yeah, that has it hosts our podcast too. And then the same thing with SoundCloud. So you can just go in and look up uh, organicfit.tv on SoundCloud. You can have it. So so we got the whole everything covered. You can listen to it on iTunes. You can listen to it if you're an Apple uh, user. If you are not an Apple user, you can use a Stitcher app and you can look up our podcast and have it on the go. You can listen in your car when you're doing stuff or you're whatever. I mean, having your breakfast like Matt did. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen on a bike, in a train, on a plane, in exactly. a car, on the beach, in the mountain. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Love it. Well, so, um, so today's topic is going to be Ramadan. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit. About, well, those of you that uh, know about Ramadan know that it entails some some fasting, and mm-hmm. a deal. Uh, you know, with with your background being from Morocco, you uh, participate in Ramadan. Yep, I do. Uh, today started the first day of Ramadan, and I'm observing Ramadan this month, and um, it's going to be an interesting month because of this. You know, it's pretty hot out here, but 
I'm really, really looking forward for the benefits and limitless benefits that you once gets out of it. Been doing it since I was um, 15 years old. Uh, so it's been about 15 years. I'm 30 years old right now. And it's been about 15 years that I've been observing it every single year. And I cannot tell you how much, you know, how great I feel when I do it. It's tough. It sounds crazy. It sounds terrible. A lot of people are like, oh my God, I can never do that. But God, you're not going to, you're not going to eat. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Or you're not going to drink or what? 30 days. <laughs> so it's like, oh no guys been doing this for a long time and I'm a very reasonable person. I'm not going to be that kind of guy who's just going to stop doing that just because of some you know, religious thing or whatever it is. No, it's, uh, there is some scientific behind it. There's a lot of cool things that happen and that's the reason I do it. So no one is forcing me to do it. It's, you know, it's purely my own thing that I want to do. Um, if you're trying to drop off fat really quick, that's your quick way to do it. Yeah. No, it's uh, fasting is, there's some huge science behind it. There definitely is. And, you know, I want to make sure that it's, you know, clear to our listeners that, you know, um, you know, even though, Ideal, you're observing Ramadan. Uh, you know, don't want any of our listeners to get the idea that we are in any way, shape, or form condoning one specific religion or another. You know, we want to, but it just brought up a very interesting topic that's out there all over the place right now, especially in the health and wellness community, which is that of intermittent fasting and fasting as a as a whole, and really having a paradigm shift in terms of where uh, what we eat and how we eat and our time intervals in which we eat. There's uh, some really interesting new emerging science with that and it just was almost serendipitous that this happened that you i mean this this podcast just fyi everybody was fairly impromptu because mm -hmm. you know a deal you called me up and you're like you know what ramadan starting this is a great time to talk about uh you know talk about intermittent fasting and yep. So, so here we are. <laughs> exactly. And then the thing is, we have a wide range and variety of listeners from all over the world. I mean, I pulled up the statistics and we have listeners from literally all over the world. So we're covering every geographical region and every religion and every background and everything like that. So uh, for us, this is we're doing it for you guys and we're doing it to raise awareness so you can understand, learn and then kind of embrace a little bit of culture. Right. Absolutely. So. Well, let's uh, let's dive right in. Um, let, let's start off a little bit. Just uh, a deal. If you can just explain in a you know a minute or two, just what what Ramadan is. Because honestly, I don't really know too much other than the fasting portion. I um, so just explain how it how it works from like the fasting and exercising restraint standpoint. Because I think that's what our listeners probably really want to hear the most. Yeah, exactly. So so uh, Ramadan is actually the the ninth month of the Islamic calendar. Uh, so people uh, Muslims normally will not drink or abstain from drinking and eating from dawn till dusk. So if you live in Antarctica right now, I think you're in trouble because <laughs> uh, I think the sun is out all day, right? No, actually what they do, you take the nearest country close to you and then you go by that, right? And then basically you just abstain from, from um, you know, food, sex, drinking, uh, you know, even, even the evil thoughts that you, we get here and there, you know, talking crap about it, people or talking behind each other's back and things like that. So you're trying to you're trying to do it from you know physical standpoint and a spiritual standpoint. So you don't you're trying to be as pure as you can, uh, and it's an amazing thing. So it's a, it's a great month for inner reflection and devotion to God. If you believe in God, or you believe in universe or whatever it is, that's your thing. More for self control, giving to charity, 
um, in purifying your behavior and doing good deeds. I mean, that's that's a good deed could be smiling at each other's, uh, you know, someone's face. That's a good deed. Doing, you know, helping people out. Doing doing all this cool stuff. That's gonna. That's that's what literally what Ramadan is for. It's no. It's not just. <laughs> let me just torture you so you can't eat and drink for twelve yeah, hours. Yeah, no, it's totally. more than that. It has a more dimension than that. And then the goal is to just teach pe- people patience and discipline and modesty, spirituality, and and the thing is too, you'll see and feel how hungry people who don't have or not fortunate enough to eat, you know how they feel. So it's kind of uh, it really, it's 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 a really kind of a tune up for your spiritual lives. Totally. No, and it's, uh, you know, what I see out of it as someone that's always trying to, uh, you know, improve myself, I see, you know, a lot of opportunities for self-discovery there. And that's just kind of, you know, so depending on, you know, how you want to look at it, you may be looking at it from a religious standpoint, you may be looking at it from uh, merely a selfish standpoint, but there's a lot of self-discovery that goes in that. When you're, when you're refraining from eating or refraining from drinking or anything like that, completely aside from a physiological level and what it does at the cellular level, what it can do condition your mind to teach you hey this is possible anything is possible it is possible to fast x amount of days it is possible to uh, you know go without water it's you know of course physiologically you can't do that for an extended period of time at the cellular level we will die but what you can teach yourself and train yourself mentally is just phenomenal because the mind as we always say is so unbelievably powerful and it is the the leader for everything that our physical bodies do Exactly, and then and then part of this podcast today, we just want to uh, show you some quick and tips, you know, dirty tips about um, how to not lose a lot of muscle mass if you're, you know, if you're observing Ramadan, things that you should do, you know, best practices and whatnot. So, so let's dive in. Yeah, so we can dive in a little bit. And the first thing that I always uh, talk about with people if they bring up intermittent fasting is, you know, hunger is not. An emergency. We have this. We have this thought process that, and this common fallacy to to really consume multiple meals per day to keep the metabolism going because we don't want to get hungry. You know, we've been taught that you eat these, you eat meal after meal after meal every two, three hours, or you know, sometimes three square meals a day, whatever it may be. But we have to remember that that's almost an artificial implement, uh, implementation of when we should eat. Um, so hunger, many times, and it's been been tested in some research studies too that. A lot of times it's more of a placebo effect than anything. People psychologically get themselves to think they're hungry. And I'm going to I'm going to give an example here uh, because coming from a fitness background and coming from being a former unhealthy, overweight, disgusting bodybuilder. And I mean, it was gross, but my, my body, I was having to feed it every two to three hours. And I could convince myself that that, okay, this is how I'm keeping my metabolism going by eating every two to three hours. And then what would happen is magically at five minutes to till that third hour, I would suddenly get hungry. And Mm -hmm. if I didn't have, if I didn't have a meal around me, I would start freaking out because I wasn't going to make my three o'clock, you know, my three hour deadline to eat. And that tells you right there, that's purely psychological. And if you start convincing yourself that you need to eat at that third hour, sure, your body's going to start craving it. Exactly. And I'm actually a living proof for this. You know, during Ramadan, I don't eat the entire day until at night and I'm fine throughout the day. I mean, the first day or two are a little hard because you're breaking a habit. So that's kind of different. But afterwards, I'm fine. 
But again, once Ramadan is over, I'm back again to my 20 meals every single <laughs> 20 <laughs> meals a day. And I freak myself out. Oh, my God, I'm not going to get my uh, I'm losing mass. I'm losing this. I'm losing that. So it's a really interesting thing. It's, it's like you said, it's all mind. It's all <laughs> mind. And yeah, just, it, no, totally. I think a lot of us don't even know what real hunger feels like. I mean, um, we certainly, a lot of us certainly don't know what starvation feels like, like, you know, some of these other countries are, are dealing with. So, you know, we, we may get a little hungry and psychologically hungry, but I, I don't think many of us really know what real hunger feels like. No, absolutely not. Otherwise, we would have probably not be one of the most wasteful countries in the world, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate things more, but anyway. Um, so now it's like uh, the, the thing is that we just become a product of food marketing. So mar- food marketing is wants to just, just through ads left and right here to just like, hey, you need to eat constantly. You need to get to your shakes on time. You need to do this. You need to do that. So it's mainly like, hey, uh, they just want you to consume. You get in a consumption so you, they can pump out more food for you, so you, they can you can buy. And I yeah. think that's probably it. Yeah, they're. In, I mean, they're in business. I mean, of course, they're going to. And you know, and, and now the demand for food is so high, we're forced to genetically modify things to create more of it. I mean, it's just, it's a big colossal mess. But um, you know, yeah, it's big marketing. I mean, you you go through like the mall, and you uh, you know, the food courts will like pump out these like smells of foods that just <laughs> are going. I mean, of course, that's marketing right there. It's a sense. You know, you've got visual, you've got audible, you've got uh, you know, all those senses uh, contribute to, to how you're marketed to. So I find that very interesting. And when you're going through any form of fasting, you become, at least in the initial stages, much, much more susceptible to that marketing because you really pay attention. You really notice it. You're like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm really hungry. So now I'm really noticing how much they're pumping out those smells to make me uh, want to go grab that burger. Exactly. Yeah. But. So, so do you want to talk a little bit about research and some... Uh yeah, I mean, this is, you know, some of this, uh, I, I jotted down some notes because I really wanted to, you know, touch on some of what I think are issues that aren't generally touched on with intermittent fasting, because uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stop right here for a second and say that I think almost everything you hear from the fitness standpoint has to do with leptin and ghrelin and this whole uh, build muscle kind of thing, which is, is great. But I want to talk about you know, really how it can actually help some uh, food addictions. It can actually help your natural levels of growth hormone. Um, also, even even decrease cancer. So risk of cancer, excuse me. So it, it's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting direction I want to go with this when we talk about some of the research. But, you know, really there's been some amazing things coming in research. I mean, all the way down to, you know, reduced blood lipids like triglycerides and cholesterols, the things that are going to cause atherosclerosis and cause that arterial plaque that can ultimately cause a myocardial infarction, also known as a heart attack. Um, All of these markers, specifically in those blood lipids, those blood fats, basically, Mm -hmm. they go down when you practice some kind of fasting. And it's so funny because the general media tells us we have if we eat six multiple times per day, it's going to keep our metabolism going and it's going to keep everything mobilized so it doesn't build Mm -hmm. up in the form of arterial plaque. Which is not true. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is really interesting. If your metabolism slowed down and, and you're, you're not going to be alive. So like a lot of people just like think it's the whole metabolism thing is if you have fast metabolism, you're alive. You know, it's a weird thing. It's, it's like, a, like you said, it's more of a marketing thing than anything else. But, um, and then the great, one of the greatest things about fasting, man, is, a, is kind of, it's a, it corrects some of the food addictions. Like you mentioned, you know, it, it, you know, a lot of people are just 
addicted to certain routines or certain foods every single day and they have to have them. And then when you fast, you kind of break that habit. You kind of break that psychological food addiction. And, and that, that has a great, great um, result on you long term. Yeah. And again, you know, with here at Organic Fit, I mean, we talk a lot about the, <clears throat> there, my voice is cracking a little bit. I'm sorry, guys. You know, we talk a lot about how uh, the psychological effects, you know, and so it's huge. If you can actually train yourself to know that you're going to be okay, then it's just amazing because then, then again, like I said before, you're training yourself to know what you are capable of. But um, I want to touch on to the next one, which is uh, actually just an increase in cell turnover and repair. Wow. This is pretty interesting. Hmm. And uh, we could almost do an entire podcast on basically uh, cell regeneration and how it works in the way of what are things called telomeres and, or telomeres, I'm sorry, which are basically components of the cell that contribute to recovery. Again, I'm not going to go all crazy physiological on you. But um, the fact of the matter is, is that doing some form of fasting actually increases the rate of repair for tissue, for cells. So that even goes to say for muscle tissue, which is pretty darn interesting. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it I think has to do with the reduction in inflammation in the body that occurs. Um, exactly. So it's, you know, when you're reducing inflammation, you're reducing basically the protective layer that's covering a cell. And when that protective layer is either lubricated or sort of softened a little bit, it allows it to be more pliable and allows that cell to recover and get the nutrients that it needs from the bloodstream. So uh, if fasting reduces inflammation, then sign me up. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. you know, actually one of my favorite thing about fasting too is the increase of uh, uh, production of growth hormones. I mean, that's massive. No, that's, that's huge. And that's, again, totally overlooked. We are stuck in a rut thinking that if we don't eat, that we are going to lose, our, our bodies are going to shut down. It's just not the way it works. Yeah, it's uh, been shown to have, yeah, quite a significant increase in, in serum IGF and serum growth hormone levels based on fasting. Yeah, and that's, that's amazing. That's, I love it. So, again, uh, I mean, there's a lot of athletes lately that have been, you know, I've, I've heard some podcasts and some videos on YouTube and stuff like that about a lot of athletes right now, they incorporate um, intermittent fasting in, in their routine right now. You know, a lot of, in the, a lot of coaches in the, uh, conditioning and, you know, the whole competitions and stuff like that, they do intermittent fasting, which is really, really cool to see that. No, it's uh, definitely cool. I mean, it's there for a long time. It was questionable whether it would have an effect on performance and it still is a little bit questionable in some regards. They, um, you know, you, you have the time when you eat accordingly. And again, you know, when we're talking about intermittent fasting, everybody, we're not talking about uh, fasting for weeks at a time. We're talking, generally speaking, fasting for anywhere, you know, 12 to 16 hours generally. And uh, so, you know, they, those athletes, they'll time their, their strength and conditioning training around the time that they'll have a meal so that they're actually getting the most benefit from their training, but they're also getting the most benefit from their meal. Yeah, so, that's correct. How did the military actually manage this, right? Like they, they, back in the day, if they had food, they eat. If not, your body will eat what's in, in your body. There's all excess stuff or excess energy on our, in our bodies and our bodies um, manage this for thousands of years, right? You know, and now all of a sudden it's an issue to have six meals. And if you don't, you're going to die. You're going to go be, you're going to go flat and you're going to lose muscle and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. It's really, really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I mean, we're 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 locking ourselves in a psychological box. And you you started to touch on something really quick and using your your natural energy stores. 
So if you start fasting for a while, your metabolic rate is going to increase later in the fast because it's, it's the opposite of what we've been you know, gener- generically taught to think. As the fast continues, due to stress hormones like epinephrine and norepinephrine, the okay. metabolic rate actually decreases as the fast goes on. So you can actually make yourself more metabolically flexible by just fasting infrequently. And, and I'm going I'm to stop and talk about what metabolically flexible is mm-hmm. because we all talk about wanting to be flexible. We all talk about wanting to be able to, uh, you know, have our hamstrings be less tight so that we can, uh, you know, run faster. So we, we want to be flexible. We want to be mentally flexible so that we can uh, overcome stressful situations so we don't get bothered by the traffic, so we don't get bothered by the line at the grocery store. We want to be flexible. How can we not talk about being metabolically flexible? Because let's just face it. One of the issues that a lot of people have, and I include myself in this, is the, the mind trap that you get in when you have to eat X amount of meals per day. You start stressing yourself out because what's going to happen? What's going to happen if, heaven forbid, you can't eat for a couple of days? You're going to freak out psychologically. And your body is going to be so adjusted to those six meals per day. Yeah, it is going to freak out a little bit. So think of this as metabolic conditioning. You're training your body to be able to adapt to having periods of fasting where it's going to train itself to use fat tissue for energy because your body, body, even if you're very lean, you still have quite a bit of energy stored in your body to be used. Exactly. I know that's a long-winded statement, but basically we want to become metabolically flexible so that we can accommodate any form of diet, any form of fasting. Let's let's be as well-rounded, no pun intended, as we possibly can. Yep, that's a great that's a great um, that's a great point right there, Thomas. And then one thing too, just to talk about, just to keep moving here it, with with the benefits of Ramadan or intermittent fasting in general is beside you, it's your opportunity to lose fat. I mean. It, you can lower your cholesterol if you have issues with cholesterol levels. You know you can actually that's your opportunity to lo- to lower it. Um, there's a research that's done in UAE, which is United Arab Emirates, that found that people observing Ramadan, you know they they see a positive effect on their lipid profiles, which means there is a reduction of cholesterol in their blood. That's huge without taking any medication. That's this tremendous. I mean. It's- Man, I mean, I know uh, a couple of people that would love to be off their cholesterol medications. So, yeah, um, yeah, and that's you know that's all I really want to talk about on the on the research side. I don't know if you have anything else to add. I, I again, I can go on forever with this stuff. But yeah, just... I think I think that's we we will have more episodes about um, intermittent fasting too because it, it's it's one of those things that's growing. I mean, we're predicting that it's going to be the next you know paleo diet type of thing here in the next four or five years. It really, it really is. And I, you know, for me being the research guru that I am, I fully intend on being way ahead of the curve with this. So I think you can probably expect a lot more coming from us in the way of this. Um, yeah. Let's, let's talk about um, women with fasting because I've heard before that, uh, and actually I'm going to use my own sister as an example. My sister is a, a pretty hardcore Ironman triathlete. She does those crazy things where she, uh, you know, runs a marathon, bikes a hundred miles and swims four miles or something, you know, it's insane. And, uh, she's, she's a, she's a woman and she has actually caused herself some, you know, damage, uh, hormonally from doing so, from exercising so much and from eating so little. So basically coming down to malnourishment. And that just kind of got me thinking, you know, cause women, women naturally, you know, they're designed to be bearing children. And it just seems from, a um, evolutionary standpoint that they would uh, not not 
answer to fasted situations very well because their bodies may begin to shut down and say, hey, I'm not in a position to bear a child right now, so I'm going to shut down hormone function. Um, you know, and there's some research on that as well. But yeah, no, that's great. And then, uh, and then from you know, if you want to be religious, you know, with the in a, in a Muslim faith, women who actually are bearing children and things like that, they cannot be fast or pregnant. They they can't be fasting. So that's uh, just one thing that they're off the hook. That's interesting. I, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, actually, yeah, uh, pregnants are not. If you're pregnant or if you're in uh, like uh, feeding the baby, uh, breastfeeding, you you're not supposed to uh, well, fast. I mean, there's the answer right there. I mean, it's like that. They've got it then because that's that's exactly was the concern that I had. And I started digging into some medical research on it. And uh, the ultimate grand plan of this is if you are female and you're looking to do some intermittent fasting, it is effective. It's not as effective as it is in men. Uh, so just exercise some caution when you do it. Um, watch the scale closely because you're going to drop weight very quick, but you have to keep, uh, you have to monitor that way because you may find that you'll bottom out and then start gaining weight as your body holds water um, because of the stress. So, so just pay close attention and exercise some caution. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So uh, let's move on now and, and just jump into the benefits here for the sake of time. Uh, we're just going to go, you know, probably just tackle one by one. Sure, sure. Let's do it. Well, well, we already talked about, uh, I know we put a bullet down to talk about lowering your cholesterol again because we really wanted to just ingrain that, how much of an amazing breakthrough this is that it lowers cholesterol. But, you know, the next thing really is detoxifying your digestive that's, system. That's the key word right there, man. Detox. That's great. Uh, it's, well, <laughs> sorry, I thought you were going to jump in there. No, but, no, uh, no. The, <laughs> yeah, I guess you, you know I'm kind of the detox guru. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so my, my, my area here. Uh, basically, when your body starts eating into fat reserves to create energy, it's going to also burn away harmful toxins that may be present in those fat deposits. And this is key because the adipose tissue or the fat tissue generally holds on to a lot of the toxins. This is true. So the more overweight you are in terms of uh, visceral fat and, and adipose tissue, usually you're harboring more toxins toxins, more chemicals, more poisons in that fat tissue. So it's actually not uncommon for people within the first couple of days of fasting to actually feel a little bit sick because those toxins literally get broken down in the bloodstream and you excrete them. You, you mm. urinate them out. Pretty amazing. So if you, you know, again, some fasting uh, doesn't drink water. I recommend, you know, if you're doing it from a fitness standpoint, you still stay hydrated because then you can flush out some of those toxins. Um, and if, but, and if you're crazy like, like us, don't do water. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's more of a religious thing. But um, I, I actually go with on my own discretion. So mainly if I feel like, oh, my God, I got to drink, you have a permission to drink. Just to FYI. So a lot of people don't think it's like, oh, no food, no water completely. It's actually no. If you feel like you're. You feel like you're getting dizzy or your your life is in danger or you're, you're fainting or something like that. You have full permission to drink and and eat and whatever you want to do. It's no problem at all. No, so. that's cool. I didn't know that. I thought it was uh, I thought it was uh, you're under uh, strict no. orders not to. <laughs> nope. So um, yeah, it's also you know one thing that I always point out is it's your chance to absorb some of the right nutrients and. Mm -hmm. Just because you're fasting, and I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick on the bros again. Hey, bros, what's going on? All you, we like, miss you. <laughs> we love the, we we love the bros. We love them. <laughs> anyway. So, um, always talking about, oh, guys, you can do intermittent fasting, and the cool thing is, you can starve yourself all day, and then you can eat a pizza and a coke, and you're gonna get ripped. Um, 
okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've never really seen that firsthand or never, but you know, I come from the perspective of your body's going to be extremely receptive to what you eat. Why don't you take this opportunity to feed it something really, really good and get some good nutrients in there. Um, and that is actually where the science lies. You're going to absorb more of the positive, you know, good nutrients. You're also going to absorb more bad nutrients. So it allows you to exercise that, uh, exercise that focus. Exactly. So, um, absorbing nutrients is actually one of the best things that I, uh, um, last year when I kind of brought the, you know, took this to a science level when I was fasting, um, actually I cleaned up my diet really, really well and I eat more and I didn't actually lose a pound during, really? Ram- during Ramadan, I swear. I had not, I haven't lost anything. I lost a lot of weight, a lot of, uh, water weight. It was more of, you know, I got a lot hotter, a lot drier and, the six pack wasn't an issue at all. So if you if you want to do that, if you want to like a quick tips, you know, to get six pack, jump on uh, the Ramadan wagon. You know, you could do your fasting here for thirty days or twenty days or ten days or whatever. Just know that you will lose a lot of body fat if you do it right. So wow, that's, that's the keyword right there. That's yeah. pretty darn interesting. Yeah. Well, um, well, let's talk a little bit about things not to do when you're fasting or during Ramadan or whatever your uh, case may be, because there's a couple things that I would recommend or we would recommend not doing, especially in an effect to um, an effort to maintain your muscle mass. And and women, uh, again, some of you say, well, I don't want to worry about my muscle mass. Yes, you do. That muscle mass, again, that is your metabolic furnace. That is what's helping you burn more calories. So you do want to you do want to take care of that precious muscle tissue that's there. So, um, Adil, why don't you go ahead and start off on this one? So, yeah. So, for uh, during Ramadan, you definitely don't want, want to limit your cardio. So, you don't want to do your cardio. Um, I would. I don't do cardio at all. So, just stay away from it. And you could just have a quick circuit when you train. Um, just do twenty. Don't go over thirty minutes of training. Um, I couple a few years ago, I was going a little bit longer than that, and then I toward the end, I felt like I was just you know losing losing it I, I lost a lot of weights just because i was, uh, didn't know you know i was just learning about my body and all that stuff so that's the first thing is you want to do is just eliminate cardio and then just do a little bit of resistance training and don't go too heavy yeah exactly i mean it's going to be it just comes down to uh, being weak at that point you don't want to put yourself in a, in a interesting situation where you're totally fatigued and you can't you know lift any heavy poundages yeah and during the during ramadan it's it's more of like uh, maintenance mode if you want if you if you want to call it so you're just trying to maintain your weight or muscle mass and not go in a catabolic um, you know route so you just want to maintain there's no building yeah i don't think you can build um, that's that's actually from my perspective i tried it all I went and went crazy during the, uh, you know, the one of those Ramadans. I got all these weight gainers and I eat a lot, eat very frequent. I trained hard. Nothing. It did really? not happen. Yeah, I swear. <laughs> I mean, it's so interesting. That's um, really wild. Yeah. So maybe that's just me. But again, I'm, tra- I'm talking from my personal uh, experience. So don't wish to build muscle when you're doing, you know, Ramadan. So that's 30 days. Of, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of stress there. But just to... Uh, um, it's maintenance mode and in cutting mode, and it's perfect now because it's summer. Hey, there, there you have it. If you want to have that body that that's, you've been looking for, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. 
And uh, lastly, I know we got to start wrapping this up because uh, a lot of people are drinking their morning coffee and they're like, I got to go to work. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's a list. Yep. I want to talk a little bit about the supplement side of things. Um, what kind of supplements can you take when you're when you're fasting to help mitigate the risk of uh, losing muscle and to help get you through? Um, I'm going to lead off with my favorite, which is branched chain amino acids. I live by these things. And whether I'm dieting in a traditional sense, whether I'm fasting, whether I'm doing lots of endurance training, anything like that, um, I'm chugging down those branched chain amino acids. Those branched chain amino acids are the three, um, really three very key component amino acids that aid in recovery and, and muscle tissue. So, um, you yeah. can supplement supplement those uh, all day if you're not again if you're not celebrating Ramadan and you're going to still consume fluids. You can actually sip on those BCAAs all day. Okay, that's great. I just want to touch on something very quick uh, during Ramadan is uh, limit your limit your workout days to like four days or something like that. So okay, take more risk times. So this is going to be uh, has a significant amount of you know benefits on your joints and and your ligaments and all that stuff. So it'll be cool if you can just take it easy um, and then just have four times a week type of uh, routine. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, Oh, I can't believe I uh, didn't think of that one. <laughs> no, it's a, for me. It's it's like um, I guess as your body gets a little bit more used to fasting, you can probably increase it a little bit more. Your body's going to adapt again as you become more metabolically flexible. You may be able to work out a little bit more, but yeah, I think three to four days to start, you know, is probably a good a good way to go, yeah. um, just to allow your body to totally adapt. But uh, and jumping back over to the supplements. So then we're talking yeah. about we got the BCAAs, and then I know you talked about kind of doing those weight gainers and meal replacement shakes sometimes. Um, yeah, <laughs> not all not always the healthiest way to go, mm -hmm. but, but you, you, you could throw them in. Yeah, you could throw them in, throw them in, in, in during Ramadan. And so the thing is, um, so let's say you need about nineteen hundred calories to uh, to to maintain your weight and stuff like that. Or so definitely, if you can't stuck your face with chicken press all all night long you can actually have some of those meal replacement shakes um and then just be careful which one you use don't, don't use the sugary ones and we don't want any um insulin spikes or anything like that okay no that, that makes perfect sense and uh, lastly, vitamins and green drinks. Uh, when I say green drinks, I mean, you know, uh, those superfood drinks, those ones that have like lots of veggies and things like that. Like sometimes they're a powder like spirulina. Uh, definitely condone the copious use of those because, again, uh, when you're fasting, you're only eating one, two meals per day. A lot of times you're going to lack some of the nutrients that you would normally get out of veggies. So feel free to supplement and get a few more veggies in by way of a green drink. Um, you can do you know, first thing in the morning before sunrise, or you can do uh, when you actually break your fast in the evening. Um, give you a chance to get a lot more of those nutrients in and keep your body functioning and also make sure that you don't get constipated in the process. Exactly. I think that's how, that's a, that's where, um, you know, throwing some fiber there, you know, like supplementing with the fiber will help um, from constipation and stuff like that. that. Definitely important, especially if you're cutting water, especially if you're not going to have water during your fast. So mm -hmm. that's that's a bit of the great one. And then I got a quick question for you. So now for people who are not observing Ramadan and they want just to try it out or to try to intermittent fasting, uh, what would be a cool uh, routine? Let's say we have a week, right? And how do you recommend going about it? two days. I would recommend what I have my clients do if they're looking at doing fasting. I have them try Tuesdays and Fridays um, or sometimes it's different, the same kind of split. So maybe a Sunday and a Wednesday where you're going to have two days 
where you're going to do your intermittent fasting. Sometimes that's all it takes is doing that for two days, two days a week. You don't have to do it all the time. Remember, you're conditioning, you know, from a beginner standpoint, you're conditioning your body to be metabolically flexible. So you don't have to be fasting all the time. But, you know, you, so you may want to do um, what was taught to me. And actually, I, I've worked with an amazing doctor up in Santa Barbara, and he's uh, really helped me a lot with understanding some of these things further and teaching me some of the, the more in-depth research and learning sort of the medical side of things. We're going to have him on the show here in a couple of weeks. Great guy was uh, actually explaining to me one of an actual medical protocol that they prescribe to reduce inflammation. And it's something along the lines of uh, basically skipping breakfast, uh, having a small meal around 1 p.m. or or, sorry, a large meal around 1 p.m. and then a small meal around 7 p.m. two days a week. So pretty, pretty interesting. It's like you're having your big meals, usually surrounding your workout uh, midday, and then you're going to have maybe a small meal around seven. And then after that, you're just fasting straight through again until 1 p.m. So you're like doing almost a, you know, over a 24 hour fast or over a 12 hour fast at that point. Amazing. Love that. That's great. Well, I think we touched on a lot of things for here for intermittent fasting and uh, Ramadan. And uh, so for all our listeners who um, are fasting Ramadan, happy fasting, guys. You know, uh, <laughs> it's going to be tough, but it's the reward is great for the people who are new to this concept. Uh, totally check it out. Give it a go. Try one one day out of the week or just try one day and just see how you feel like. Um, and I would promise you're not going to die. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. I mean, we our ancestors were just fine, right? They didn't have food available all the time in their fridges, didn't they? No. no. <laughs> like, I think we've all become a little bit spoiled. Yes, we do. <laughs> a little bit spoiled. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I, I decided to jump on the bandwagon and, and start fasting today. Yay. And the microphone has probably picked up some of my stomach growls. <laughs> Thanks for support, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, man, it's, you know, it's, I look at it, you know, you're doing a, you're doing something that's very important to you. And regardless of where I stand uh, from a religious standpoint, uh, I'm never going to judge anybody, never at all. And I always like to embrace different cultures and what things are happening. And uh, the fact of the matter is this physiologically interested me uh, yeah. you know, because I've seen a lot of the research on it and it gives me an excuse to dive deeper into it and become an expert in yet another field. So Exactly, exactly. So uh, I hope you guys uh, love this podcast here and, and we totally uh, uh, going to do more episodes about intermittent fasting and everything. So we would love for you to give us a shout out or a review on iTunes. Now we're on Stitcher, so you can always do that as well. So iTunes, you can just go look up organicfit.tv on iTunes, click on reviews and then write a review. It will take you literally five minutes. And then we're going to feature you on our podcast. So we're going to give you a shout out. So please uh, do so. Uh, Thomas, any other words? No, that's it, everybody. And again, yeah, thanks again for all your great reviews. Thanks for the five-star reviews. Again, that is what gets us up there on iTunes so that we can continue to bring this to you free of charge so that everyone can just uh, embrace this. So uh, I'm uh, I'm hungry. But, uh, <laughs> Me too. So. Uh, you know what? I got three more hours to go, so I think I can survive. Yeah, yeah you'll live. You'll uh, live for sure. Yeah, I think it's a go do like, you know, quick, you know, work out before uh, – Sun is down, so keep keep your mind busy. That's it. You know, but before we sign off, I also just want to invite all of our listeners to be sure and follow me on Facebook and on uh, Instagram and YouTube as well. You can find me uh, just by Thomas Delauer. T-H-O-M-A-S-D-E-L-A-U-E-R. I'm all over Facebook. You 
probably found me there in the first place. Uh, all of our Instagram and uh, YouTube as well. So just type in my name in any of those channels and you'll find me. And that way we can keep bringing you more fitness and motivational tips and tricks and everything that you need to live a healthier life and have a healthy body and a healthy mind. Exactly. And then we can wait to launch our website that's going to have a lot of other resources. So stay tuned, everybody. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. Cheers. Cheers.